There are times when life is hard, and when life gets hard, marriage gets hard. Here's Dennis Rainey. I'll quote a little girl who uh, was sitting on her grandpa's lap. She looked at her grandpa and she said, Grandpa, life is like licking honey off a thorn. You just tend to think, well, it's not going to be me. It'll be somebody else. It's not going to be me. But there we were. It was the two of us, and we had just gotten that bad news. And it was a storm. It just came flying at us and knocked us flat. This is Family Life Today. Our host is the president of Family Life, Dennis Rainey, and I'm Bob Lapine. When there are storms on the horizon, what can you do to make sure your marriage stands strong? We'll hear from Dennis and Barbara Rainey about that today. And welcome to Family Life Today. Thanks for joining us on the Tuesday edition. I thought it was interesting when we were together about a month ago on the Family Life Love Like You Mean It marriage cruise. This was our second year to do the cruise, and again, it was sold out this year. We had a 1,000 couples joining us, had the whole ship to ourselves. It is one of the best things that we do here at Family Life. There's no question about it. The, The entertainment the content, the opportunity for engaging with folks in ministry and finding out how you can plug in, as well as just leaving there with a better relationship with God and your spouse, it really is a home run. Well, here's what I thought was interesting. You think of going off on a kind of a cruise vacation with couples. It's a marriage cruise. you got the whole boat to yourself. And we have devotions each morning, and, and folks will crowd into the uh, the theater for morning devotions. You and Barbara spoke one morning and I thought, you tackled a subject in the middle of the cruise <laughs> that uh, was kind of a sobering subject. You know, you, you think of a cruise, you think, well, it's just going to be fun and lighthearted. But you guys went deep that morning. We talked about uh, some of the storms uh, in our marriage that have occurred and how a marriage has to be built upon Jesus Christ and obedience to him. I, I don't have a solution for how a marriage can go the distance otherwise. And the, the interesting thing to me is how much powerful ministry happens on board the Love Like You Mean It cruise. Again, I think a lot of people think, well, that'd be a fun vacation and, and we'd get to hear some good messages and, and it'd be nice. But we see God at work in the lives of uh, a lot of couples who join us on this cruise. It's it's more than a vacation, Bob. Certainly, it's some time away from work and phone calls and email and and uh, all the hassles of bills and everyday life. But it is an intensely spiritual time, a time of equipping, encouraging, putting our arms around people and saying, you know what? You're not the only couple who's faced difficulty in your marriage and in your family. You can do this thing. You can do this thing called marriage and family. God's Word speaks to how you do it, and we're going to help you by equipping you with the biblical blueprints to know how to to make your marriage go the distance. Because the cruise has sold out each of the last two years and because we are on our way already to starting to sell out the 2013 cruise, Valentine's week of 2013, I went to our team and I said, I want to make sure our Family Life Today listeners get a chance to sign up and to join us. And is there any kind of an incentive we could provide for them to do that? 
and the team put together a, a special offer. You can go to familylifetoday.com for more information about what's involved in that special offer. But we've already got lined up for the cruise this year. Sarah Groves and Denver and the Mile High Orchestra. Uh, Anthony Evans is going to join us. Priscilla Shire is going to be on the cruise with us. Vody Bacham is going to be back again. You and I are both going to be there. Barbara's going to be along as well. Right. And so go to familylifetoday.com for more information about how you can be a part of the Love Like You Mean It Valentine's Week cruise in 2013. The special offer is good this week and next week only. So again, go to familylifetoday.com for more information about how to join us on the cruise. And we wanted to share with our listeners the uh, the Tuesday morning devotional that you and Barbara provided on board the ship where you shared a little bit about, uh, I, I hate to use this word, but some of the rough seas that a marriage will, <laughs> will pass through and how you weather the storms in marriage. The more of life Barbara and I have shared together and the more we experience what God's up to in our lives, the more I believe life is anchored in this illustration that Jesus uses at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And Jesus said, and everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. Two houses, similar storms, two outcomes. The difference is in how two people who build a house relate to their God. And we've had a few storms in our lives in our almost 40 years of marriage and specifically some storms this past year. And so what Barbara and I thought we would do is tell you a little bit about some storms that have hit us in recent days and then share some lessons from the storm front. Back in early April of 2011, I went in for my annual mammogram. And as I went in, I remember thinking, why am I doing this every year? It just seems so silly. But I went ahead and went it because I had my appointment and everything was all scheduled. So I went ahead and did it. And about a week later, Dennis and I were on a trip out of state and my phone rang. And I picked up the phone and it was the radiologist, I think, is who, who reads it. And he gave us the bad news that I had um, breast cancer. And it was just, the, you know, it's one of those moments when you just, my stomach just went through the floor. And both, I looked at Dennis and we just, you know, your, your heart just sinks because storms are unexpected. They don't, they don't come with a lot of warning. I had a few days to anticipate that perhaps it could be bad news. But, you know, there isn't any history in our family. And I, you just tend to think, well, it's not going to be me. It'll be somebody else. It's not going to be me. But there we were. It was the two of us, and we had just gotten that bad news. And it was a storm. It just came flying at us and knocked us flat. And so for the next few days and weeks, we were trying to figure out what do we do. We were getting information and all of that. And uh, so like about a week or two later, I think it was, uh, we were in a surgeon's office talking about all of our different options. He was drawing images on 
paper and saying it's, you can do this, this, or this, and if you do this, here are the uh, results. If you do choice two and choice three, anyway, all of this stuff were... And, you know, when you're, when you're in the middle of something like that, your head's just spinning anyway. It's hard to process all the information that's coming at you. And you need to process it, but it, it's, it's a part of the storm. The winds were blowing and swirling around us. So we got as much information as we could both process and left. And as we drove home, it was very, very cloudy and it was very windy. And, and uh, we stopped at the office because I had picked Dennis up at our office and we'd gone on in my car, and we had to stop on our way home at the office and pick up his truck. And as we stopped at the office and picked it up, we both turned on our radios, and he was saying, we need to listen to the radio, because this is looking really, really bad. This was late April now. It was the 25th, I think it was, of April. And so as I followed him home, we're listening to the radio, and as we pulled in the driveway, it was looking really bad, and there were all these warnings out and all these admonitions to watch the sky and everything, and we pulled in our driveway, parked the car, ran in the kitchen, and he flipped on the TV to watch the radar. Now, you have to know this about me. I grew up in southwest Missouri, and I spent a good bit of my childhood in a cellar. <laughs> <clears throat> my mom was not a scaredy cat, but she had a deep, a deep respect for tornadoes. And so I can still remember the musty smell of potatoes and sitting among the green beans uh, in this cellar that was just across the driveway in our next-door neighbor's house. And so I grew up, uh, we never were hit with a tornado, but we would be hunkered down when the storms would blow through there in, in southwest Missouri. So I'm watching the news, and I'm pacing in front of our windows, and we have a big plate glass window that overlooks, it's on a ridge overlooking a beautiful lake, and we're, we actually look west. And the weatherman said on the, re, on, on the TV, there is a storm on the ground, a tornado on the ground, and I plotted the course, and I looked at it, and I go, that's headed right for us. And Barbara kind of made <laughs> fun of me. She just kind of made fun of me. She said, you're making much ado about nothing. Yeah, and I was in the kitchen because by the time all this had happened, it was nearly 7 o'clock, we were both starving, and my mind naturally was thinking about other things, and I'm trying to scrounge up some food, and I thought, he's just worrying about nothing. I mean, it's just not going to be that big a deal. So I said, well, it may be nothing, but here's what we're going to do if that storm ends up coming our way. We're jumping in Santa's workshop. Now, Santa's Workshop is a place we affectionately call that's under the stairs where Barbara would hide all the presents before Christmas. <laughs> and, and it's the safest place in the house. We don't have a basement. In fact, our house kind of sits on a ridge, and it kind of feels like it's a golf ball on a tee. <laughs> and so I'm watching, and I'm watching this cloud get lower and lower and lower because you can see like 15 miles up this lake, and you can just see it coming. There was no tornado. You couldn't see any tornado But finally, I moved from in front of the plate glass windows, which was really a smart idea, near Santa's workshop. And uh, um, finally, the the trees, and these are massive pines that were this big. Uh, They used to be. They were going like this in the wind. And finally, when one got about at this angle, I grabbed Barbara's arm, and I pulled her in the workshop with me. We slammed the door. We're in there total dark. And there was no sound. They always talk about the sound of a tornado hitting. There was no sound. But we were there in the dark and couldn't have been in there for more than 45 seconds, 60 seconds. No more. And 
you could tell it was okay to open the door, so we opened the door, and two distinct uh, sensations completely washed over me. One was the house was infused with the smell of freshly cut pine. <laughs> it, just, it just pushed the smell of pine into our house. In fact, blew dust out of the walls. We went around and cleaned up dust that came out of the walls. And then the other uh, sensation was looking out our plate glass Try, window. Trying to look out windows. Because there were pine trees laying in front of our window, on top of our deck, on top of our roof. Uh, 27 trees were uprooted. Um, and we walk around, and, and we're, all we can go is, wow, we're alive. <laughs> yeah. There we were as a, as a couple surveying the storm damage from two issues. Her breast cancer... And or actually our breast cancer and the tornado. the tornado that hit our home. So let me just share, we just want to share with you five takeaways, five lessons that we've gained from uh, having been through a few storms in our marriage. And I know that some of you are in, in some storms right now because that's the first lesson that we've learned. Scripture forecasts storm warnings for all of us. Scripture forecasts storm warnings for all of us. You know, when they, when they give a, a warning, there's all kinds of warnings they give. They give a tornado watch, which means conditions are in place for there to be a tornado. Conditions are in place for thunderstorms. But then they give a tornado warning, which means there's been one spotted, it's on the ground, and you need to take cover. I think what Scripture is telling us in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus is saying, you know what? There are storms on the ground. They are headed toward your marriage. And it's not a matter of if your home will be hit, but when your home will be hit. How often it will be hit. And the intensity of the storms that do hit your home. In our 40 years, almost 40 years of marriage... Both of my parents have died. Barbara nearly died on four different occasions with a rapid heart rate at over 300 beats a minute. We had short paychecks. We had a son who was diagnosed with a rare form of uh, muscular dystrophy and lost his ability to run, was an athlete. We had a, a child who was a prodigal for a number of years. There were all kinds of issues in our family. Uh, you know... Storms have taken their toll, and storms have hit our home repeatedly. But I like to think of Jesus and what he said here. He talks about responding to the storms with faith and obedience. The storms will hit. So the question isn't why the storm is hit. The question is, how will you respond? Number two, the storms provide an opportunity to prove your commitment. Storms, the tornado that we went through tested the foundation of our house. It did not fall. And the storms will do the same in your marriage. Storms are there to test the commitment of your marriage, the strength of your faith in, this, in the power of God to hold you together. It, it shows what your house was built on. Storms give, give you an opportunity to give proof of the promise you two made to one another. 
And unfortunately today, the proof of the promise is withering Mm -hmm. in the midst of the storms that hit people's marriages and families. Here's what I want you to know. The proof of your promise is not only how you two withstand the storms. It is also a testimony to your children to give them courage to handle the storms as well. Mm -hmm. Barbara's parents have been married for 63 years, right? I think so. Coming up on 64. What a gift they've given us, our children, our grandchildren, their great-grandchildren, to have withstood those, those storms. My parents were married for 44 years before uh, my dad's death. My mom lived to be uh, 91, a number of years as a single woman. But between those families, over 107 years of marriage, of the proof of the promise. At our home, when we had all the trees uprooted, it took a little bit of time to kind of clean up the debris. And um, 27 trees, a lot of trees. And uh, the result is root balls. And uh, we had pine trees and oak trees that were uprooted, and they revealed what the, the, the root structure was of both of those trees. The pine trees were like matchsticks. They were all over the place. We actually had 12 pine trees lying beside three corners of our home, and only one was barely leaning up and crumbled one shingle. We didn't lose a single window. But the oak trees, when they were uprooted, revealed a massive root structure. Storms will reveal what kind of root structure you have. But there's other kind of storms... In fact, uh, Max Lucado calls them thumps instead of storms. Because storms come in different sizes. The tornado that we had was obviously much less powerful than the one in Tuscaloosa. But there are storms that are less powerful than the tornado that we had. And Max Lucado wrote this about the smaller storms in life that he calls thumps. He said... When a potter checks his work, a potter who throws clay and makes pots, he pulls it out of the oven and he thumps it. If there's a good ringing sound, if the pot sings, then it's ready. But if there's a thud when he clicks it, the pot is put back into the oven. As Max wrote, a person's character is checked by thumping. Late night phone calls, a grouchy teacher, grumpy moms, burnt meals, flat tires, and you've got to be kidding deadlines. These are all thumps. Thumps are irritating inconveniences that trigger the worst in us. They catch us off guard, flat-footed. They aren't big enough to be a crisis, but you get enough of them and watch out. Jesus said that out of the nature of the heart, a man speaks. There's nothing like a good thump to reveal what is in the nature of your heart. The true character of a person is seen not in momentary heroics, but in the thump-packed humdrum of day-to-day living. And the question is, how do you respond to thumping, to the knocks and the blows and the trials of life? Do you sing or do you thud? (laughs) Your answer depends to a large degree on what your pot is made of what your heart is made of, as Jesus said. Second point we're talking about here, storms provide an opportunity to prove your commitment. 
whether storms or thumps, prove your commitment to one another. Number three, there's two ways to handle storms. You can either handle the storms together as a couple, or you can handle them and suffer separately. It took me about 25 years of marriage to realize that one of the most important things I could do for Barbara as we were raising our six kids, we had six and ten years, so there was a lot of life occurring in there. And I'd come home at the end of the day and I would find her just kind of tied up in knots. And finally, instead of providing a solution to all the problems she had faced throughout the day, I finally got it that she didn't always want a solution. She wanted me to put my arm around her and say, you know what, sweetheart, I am really sorry that you went through that with those kids. Or I can't believe they did that to, uh, to you, and I'll take care of them. Trust me, I'll take care of them. That was the best. <laughs> when it came to Barbara's cancer, however, uh, at the moment we, we got the diagnosis, uh, I was already dressed. We were about to do some... Uh, some meetings in Southern California, uh, I crawled back into bed with her and just sat next to her. And so at that moment when we got the news, I shouldered that with her and, and began the process with her. However, it was, it was later on, after she went through radiation and had 33 treatments over a period of six weeks, that because of, of travel and because I, I just didn't get it, even though the, the treatments were only five minutes long, and even though I'd been there in the multiple meetings with the, the surgeon and had had numerous conversations with her, I felt like I needed to apologize to her for not having gone to those radiation treatments, certainly if not all of them, certainly some of them. Because she would come back and she would describe some of these couples that she would see. An elderly couple who came every time and they would always be walking out hand in hand. And there was a great lesson for me. And even though she told me, she said, it, it's okay. It really is okay. I felt like I needed to apologize. That I, as her, her burden bearer and her husband and one who loves her, wasn't uh, there more to shoulder the process of the treatment with her that she went through. The thing about suffering or going through hard times of any kind that I think is so important to understand in a marriage is that we handle these things very differently. I handle it differently because I'm a woman than he does because he's a man. I also handle it differently because of the way I'm wired psychologically as an individual than the way he handles it and the way his, he is wired and the way he just handles life. And I think what trips up so many couples is we expect our partner, we expect our spouse to handle it the way we do or to, at a minimum, understand the way I feel. And he understands, wants me to understand how he feels, but that doesn't happen automatically. It only happens with conversation. And I think what we've learned through all of these trials and many more that we haven't mentioned is the truth of having compassion on one another mm -hmm. and recognizing that we're going to handle it differently at different pacings. We're going to have different needs for conversation, different needs to do something to express it. Whatever it is, it's the whole concept that Jesus talked about, about having compassion 
on one another and allowing, I need to allow my husband to be who he is and to process in the way that he processes it, and I need that from him. And we need to communicate in the midst of that. But for me to expect him to handle things the way I handle things and vice versa is expecting him to be not who he is and to be like me. And I think a lot of couples get caught up in that because we do miss each other, because we do suffer so very, very differently as men and women. There's a verse in Galatians that talks about bearing one another's burdens. And I think that's the essence of what it is when you go through storms and trials. I need to listen and to help him bear his burdens and his difficulties. And I need him to do the same for me. So have compassion on one another and bear one another's burdens and allow each other the freedom to process at your own pace and in your own way. And again, guys, uh, you've got to resist the, the, the urge to try to fix it. There are going to be some storms that you go through that are not going to be fixable. Mm-hmm. Cancer is one of them. I could be a part of the process of helping her weigh um, the choices she had, um, but it, it's her choice. It's our choice, and we talked about it, but as men, we've got to be patient in the process and give our wives freedom to process differently than us and not just try to flip a switch and say, let's move on. I mean, let's, let's just get, get on with life. Well, you know what? This is real life that God's bringing you day by day. And number four is that storms result in storm damage. And that was really evident with the tornado because we not only had 27 or more trees laying everywhere and our deck was demolished and our fence was demolished and the uprooted trees pulled up the sidewalk and pulled up grass and just, I mean, it was a, the house miraculously was intact, but everything around the house was a disaster. And that damage had to be cleaned up, and it didn't take, I mean, it wasn't done overnight. We had, we had a bunch of guys come out on Saturday after the storm on Monday, and for probably about eight hours, we had ten men with chainsaws going. I mean, it just took forever to get the, the big stuff, and then the small stuff took longer and longer, and we still have a chunk of sidewalk in the backyard that's been torn up that we haven't been able to get somebody to come repair because it's such a little piece, and to a concrete guy, it's not a big enough job, and we're busy, so it's just not a huge deal. But nonetheless, the point is is that storm damage is there, and it takes a long time to clean it up. And the same is true for other kinds of storms in our lives. The storm damage that we had from my cancer went on for a while. I had to do radiation. I've got some scarring. That takes time to heal. All storms that God brings into our lives are going to cause some damage. And it's important that you address the damage, take the time that's needed to repair the damage, and there's reconciliation relationally that has to take place, a lot of conversations to talk through feelings and how are we going to come out of this stronger. So the key to this thing that we've learned is that there is damage. And I think we underestimate the impact of the damage that comes. But... The benefit on the other side of working through all of that, we have a lot more sunlight in our yard because we don't have as many trees. (laughs) But the point is is that we see the light more clearly. And I think in the storm that Dennis and I went through or are still probably going through in some ways uh, with my breast cancer is that we see God more clearly because the storms clear out things that we think are fine, 
But God wants to move things around so that we can see him more clearly. So address the damage that comes from the storms in your life. And one other thing, just as we had some guys with chainsaws come and clear out the trees, we also had some friends who came and put their arms around us and processed this as we went through it. One caution here as a a couple. When When you do begin to deal with the damage of a storm, don't go through it alone. The body of Christ exists to come alongside you. And back to the verse that Barbara quoted in Galatians 6. uh, They come alongside you to bear your burden. Everybody needs a burden bearer. One of the big problems I think that a person could face would be to handle a major storm of life and be isolated uh, from other people. If we hadn't had those friends come out, uh, I'd still be cleaning up root balls. Uh, I'd still be uh, burning pine trees and and oak trees. Amy Carmichael, who is a missionary, uh, wrote a poem called No Scar. And it reminds us that as a result of the storms of life, there will be scars. Listen to what she, she writes. Hast thou no scar? No hidden scar on foot or side or hand? I hear thee sung as mighty in the land. I hear them hail thy bright ascendant star. Hast thou no scar? Hast thou no wound? Yet I was wounded by the archers spent. Leaned me against a tree to die and rent. By raving beasts that compassed me I swooned. Hast thou no wound? No wound? No scar? Yet as the master shall the servant be. And pierced are the feet that follow me. But thine are whole, can have followed far, who has no wound, no scar. If we're a follower of Christ, we are going to have scars. But the scars, as a friend of mine, Dan Gerald says, can be turned by God into a holy scar. A holy wound, if you let him. Number five, storms are purposeful. Romans 8, 28. It's easy to quote that verse. All things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Do you believe that? It's hard to believe it in the midst of the storm. But storms can, as Barbara said, increase the sunlight. And uh, they can also, uh, uh, storms clean out the dead wood. And there can be increased fruit bearing, can deepen friendships. And in the process of storms, I think we can get to know God. In Job chapter 42, it summarizes the end of Job's life. Basically, he says, and this is my paraphrase, he said, once I spoke of you and and kind of thought of you, but as a result of everything I've been through, now I know you. Now I know you. I experience you. And the storms that we go through, if you respond according to what Jesus said back in Matthew chapter 7, in faith and obedience, we'll put you in touch with him and you'll learn a side to God where you'll fall more and more in love with him. And I think one of the purposes of storms in life, and as we look back over our lives, and there's a bunch of storms we didn't list here, Storms wean us from this world. They remind us that 
this is, this is great here. I mean, the Caribbean blue, the beauty of God's creation, the, the, at night, the stars without any ambient light of the city around, it's spectacular. But you and I were just made for here for a moment. He went to prepare a place for us so that we could be there also. And those storms are preparing for us an opportunity to suffer in faith and obedience, follow Jesus Christ, and ultimately build your house on the rock. So I want Barbara to pray for you, but I just want to read this again because you and I do not know what the next phone call brings. We don't know what the next doctor's report will be. Perhaps in the midst of troubling economic times, some challenges financially. But Jesus' words, a summary of the greatest sermon he ever gave, said this. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house. And it fell. And great was its fall. Be a house builder on the rock. Don't wait for the storm to hit to build your home. Build on the rock today. So when the storms hit, they will reveal what kind of foundation you have established. Listening to uh, Dennis and Barbara Rainey sharing about some of the storms in marriage. And uh, the good news is, as you were sharing it, we had calm seas and uh, blue skies. We mm-hmm. had great weather yeah. this year on board the Love Like You Mean It marriage cruise. This was just a couple of weeks ago as we were gathered with about a thousand couples who joined us. The ship was completely full. And I know you talked to a lot of folks that morning who uh, said, you know, we've had some. Yeah. issues of our own that we've had to lean on each other and lean on the Lord for. Yeah, after one of the sessions, uh, one couple came up, Brian and, and Cindy Kelly, and they said, would you would you honor our parents? And I said, uh, well, what's up? And they said, well, both my wife's parents and my parents are here on the cruise. They're both celebrating 50 years hmm. of marriage. Uh, they both got married on the same day in the same year, 50 years ago. Wow. And a lot of people come to the Love Like You Mean It cruise to celebrate uh, a significant milestone anniversary. And so for for Bob and Jerry Kelly from Chapman, Nebraska, (laughs) and Clarence and Marsha Sorenfeld from Loop City, Nebraska, I don't know where either one of those communities (laughs) are, congratulations for 50 years of marriage and for celebrating 
uh, your anniversary with us on the Love Like You Mean It cruise. I don't know if there was snow on the ground in Nebraska when the uh, the families left to come down and join us. <laughs> you know there was. In Miami. <laughs> it was interesting how many folks had come from some pretty cold climates, and uh, we had a great week weather-wise, a great lineup of speakers, some great music, and uh, we're making plans for 2013 already. Uh, you and Barbara are going to be on the cruise. Marianne and I are going to be on uh, Vody Bakum is going to join us again. Dr. Eric Mason will be with us. Uh, we've got Sarah Groves lined up, Anthony Evans, Priscilla Shire, Ron Deal is going to be there to do a breakout for blended couples, couples who are in a blended marriage. It's a great lineup, and it's a great event, and we'd love to have you be part of the 2013 Love Like You Mean It Marriage Cruise when it sets sail from Miami. We're going to Key West and Cozumel before we come back home. You can get more information about how you can be a part of the Love Like You Mean It Marriage Cruise when you go to familylifetoday.com. Just click on the link you see there for the Love Like You Mean It Marriage Cruise. Again, the website is familylifetoday.com. And as I mentioned, our team has put together a special offer for this week and next week for Family Life Today listeners. So if you want to take advantage of that special offer, save a little money, uh, go to familylifetoday.com today and get all the information about how you can be a part of the cruise in 2013. Now, I want to encourage you to be back with us tomorrow. We're going to hear what uh, Vody Bakum had to share Wednesday morning on the Love Like You Mean a Marriage Cruise. He did devotions for uh, everybody on board and uh, talked about forgiveness. And we're going to hear his message tomorrow. Hope you can tune in for that. I want to thank our engineer today, Keith Lynch, and our entire broadcast production team. On behalf of our host, Dennis Rainey, I'm Bob Lapine. We will see you back next time for another edition of Family Life Today. Life Today is a production of Family Life of Little Rock, Arkansas. Help for today. Hope for tomorrow.